Welcome back to another episode of the Statues Podcast. I'm your host, Danang. And I'm your co-host, Crystal. And on today's episode, I think we're going to start this one off with a clip, too. Mm-hmm. Lion race in captivity has never been in the wild. All of his experiences have been in the cage. If all of his experiences have been in the cage, and that would be his natural habitat to him, then why do they lock the cage? They lock the cage because even though his experiences do not validate it, his instincts tell him there's something else out there. And the reason so many of us are frustrated today is that we are pacing around in the cage of a job or a life or a situation that has limited us. We may not have the background for it, we may not have the training for it, but our instincts tell us, I belong out there. Yeah, so uh, the... The first thing I actually wanted to do was ask you a question was, okay. have you ever felt like that? Um, Like being stuck in a cage where I couldn't. Not even anything, being stuck in a cage. Not, not like that. What I mean is, have you ever felt like there's more to whatever your life is, but you know it, you just don't know it? Um. I feel like I always will feel like that. Like there's more to just my life than just the way I'm living. But I don't know what it is yet. But it's the process of trying to find out what that is. Let me ask you though. We are the lions that are that have been captive in a cage uh, in a cage for so long that. There is no need for a lock on the cage. But have you up to this point in your life ever felt more out there for you? Mm. Like, what do you mean? Like, 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 okay, now, so for example, right, for me, mm-hmm. everything that I do, I don't have any experience in. Mm-hmm business and never had an experience i went to school for television broadcasting to put a camera on a tripod and tell people go that's what i have experience in but everything that i do here is basically out of instinct i like it i want to try it and i'm gonna do it and i'm gonna make sure that i do it the best that i can Like, even, for example, right, this concert. I've put together how many concerts before, but I've never done one like this, ever. But I told myself that if I tell myself I have to do it, then I will do it. That's why this concert exists. That's why it's happening. It's because I told myself it's going to happen. Because instinctually... I felt like there was more to my life than what I was already doing. Mm. Have you ever gotten to a point where it feels like that? I understand the question and what you're saying, but I don't think I've ever felt like that yet. Just because I think I've gotten like too comfortable with how things are. Like I... I want to go do new things. I want to try new things. I want to be able to go out there and, you know, like just 
live and see what's out there so that I can do that for myself. But at the same time, it's also scary because I I don't know what's out there. I don't know what's going to happen. And, and is it going to, like, hurt me so bad that I'm going to be so scared to ever want to try new things? But shouldn't that be the reason why you want to do this? Why you want to break out of that cage just because instinctually we as humans know there's more to life there know that there's more to what we have mm-hmm. right like well, for yeah, no, for us course. you and i we we've talked about marriage but every time we talk about it we get close to that uh, not marriage uh, uh having a kid every time we get close to wanting that kid it's almost like something pulls me back away from the thought because i'm not done i'm not done what i no is out there for me. Don't you feel that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like there is more out there that I could be doing, that I could be seeing. I, I, I don't know. Like, I, this, the question is like, it's, it's not really like clicking inside my head because I it's just I think it's because I've never felt the feeling or maybe I've felt it but I have never put like a title like or a name to that feeling. Okay, so a question that I want to ask then. Do you know what satisfaction feels like for yourself? Not for our married life, not for me, not for your mom, not for my parents, not for anyone, but for you. Satisfaction happiness do you know what that feels like do you know what that is i don't know if this could be like satisfaction or being happy but like okay when here i'll say it like this is a question that i ask myself and this is why i always strive to continue to do more than what i'm doing is if i were to die today and i were to meet my grandpa and he would ask me one question and that question was my son, are you happy? I would 100% say no. I'm not happy because I know that, number one, what I wanted to do in my life, I haven't done it. There is always an earning to, a yearning to do more. My, my, career, my career, I'm not where I want to be. I want to be able to be comfortable enough with my life where I don't got to look at my bank account. And if my parents need it, I can give it to them. If you needed it, I could give it to you. I want to be able to, personally for me, I want to be able to contribute to charities. I want to be a part of our community to build a better community for tomorrow for my children. But I'm not there yet. So that is why every day I'm doing something different because I have to now. Because for the last 20, 27, 28 years, the person that I have been has led me up to this point. So for tomorrow and, for, and, and, and every day after tomorrow, I have to be someone different in order to get different results. So that is why, for example, I took on the concert. 
I don't know anything about streaming. I don't know anything about putting together such a huge concert. But what I said to myself was, you don't know it. Well, if that's the question, then no, I'm not satisfied. I'm not happy because I feel like there's more for me to do. Like if if you put it in context where like if I were to die today and I were to go see my dad, for yeah. example, you know, and he asked me if I was happy, I'd be I I tell him no, because there I haven't done I haven't lived my life yet fully to the way to the way I wanted to, because I want to be able to travel and go see like the world you know go to different places see their culture their food be immersed into it i want to do so many things but if i were to die today and i were to see my dad then my answer would be no i'm not happy okay so taking away all the things that don't matter for example traveling i'm not talking about traveling i'm talking about your own personal life your career your like, what you want to do with your life for the rest of your life. Oh, man, I haven't figured out that. Uh, exactly. So, don't you feel like a lion in a cage that has been captive that knows that there's more and can break out of that cage? Don't you feel that? Yeah. So, what, what, what's it feel like for you? What, 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 what is it like for you? I, I don't know if the way I'm going to answer it is maybe the answer that is correct. <laughs> there is no correct but, answer. Um, I don't know. If, it's like I said, I don't know if I'm answering this question right, but I feel very sad and um, like, like I'm being trapped in a box, you know, like that, that is the concept that we're using it, it it feels like the walls keep moving in closer and closer each time because i haven't figured out like my life fully i i haven't figured out what i want to do for the rest of my life and so but you seeing you somebody that i do like look up to and the people that I've surrounded myself with kind of have it together. And so when I see that, I feel like inferior. Like, I, I, I don't know if that's like mm -hmm. the right word to use, but that's how I feel like, like inferior second best or just like, <clears throat> how do I say this? Like, I feel so like, worthless I, I don't know like there's so many words that I can use but it's it's hard to like one I'm not a person that like is very vocal about how, like how I'm feeling so this is quite um outside of my comfort zone but no I feel very um like trapped like like there is no it feels like there's no opening, even though there is a door that I could just open and walk out of that cage, out of that room. See, you, you talk about how, you know, like, oh, uh, the people around you that have their life together, right? But, you know, I've always seen it this way is no one has their life together. It's just some people are better at hiding it than other people. Like, for example, right? When you and I, we look at each other, 
yeah, of course. Some people are going to look at me as someone that has their life together and someone like you where is still trying to figure out their life. But the honest truth about it is that I'm also still trying to figure out my life. All it is is that I'm much better at hiding it than you. <laughs> like, I'm much better at yeah. hiding it. I mean, you, I, I feel like... For me, like, the difference between you and me is that I mean, when it comes to what to do with life when that question comes up it becomes a fear question for you so you don't want to push forward yet not until you're physically ready until you're mentally ready to cross those to cross that 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 you know that wall but for me when that question comes up i always look at it as and i and this is how i look at my life is up till now, the person that I am has led me to this point. So tomorrow, if I want to be somewhere better, I have to be someone different. Because I know that the person that I am right now is not going to get me where I want to be tomorrow. So like, for example, right, is uh, like if if we were to use this whole concert thing, right, is right now in my life, I'm at a point where I don't know what I want. Career-wise, life-wise, anything. I don't know what I want. But a hundred, a hundred thousand, a billion people in this world exist. And they also don't know what they want. At the age of 29, we are told that you should have your life together. You should have a stable job that... Um, that you should you you should have settled down, you know, marry, have kids. That that's what society has taught us for so many years. But for me, and you know it too, is I've always been extremely different. I've always been someone that pushes against the grains. And I'm pushing against the grains. But there's also a part of me. And yeah, I was watching, I was uh, listening to uh, Genius Brain with uh, David So in his last episode with Mariel here. He talks about it, and I, I feel the same way, is when you're down in the pits, and I'm talking about down in the pits, where you ain't got shit. You become very grateful for everything that you do have. And I'm very grateful for everything that I do have because at a point in my life, I was homeless. At a point in my life, I did have nothing. But also at that point, because I had nothing, I was willing to strive for everything. Everything and anything. But now, you know, like, look at it. I have a house. I finally have a house of our own. I don't have to, sh I don't have to walk in eggshells around the people that I live with. I have what all the equipment that I need for my for my career, for my job. When I want coffee, I can go and buy my coffee. I can make my coffee. But now that I'm at that point, now I feel unsettled again. I feel like this isn't what I want. It's almost like a yearning for the homeless mentality that I had. To have nothing and want everything. 
And, you know, like, and the reason why I bring this up is because I know that the many listeners that listen or the many people that are, are, are passing by this are going through something like that. Where they feel like that lion in the cage, but they know what's out there. They know instinctually inside of them there is more out there. But they can't open that cage. Something is holding them back. And that's why, you know, like I wanted to talk about it with you because I feel like you could relate on that half because for me, I've been that lion that's being caged, but every time I am, I hate it. So I kick the door open every time. Regard And anything that happens, you know what? It happens and I will deal with it. Why are you crying? Honestly, I don't even know. <laughs> uh, I guess, like, listening to you talk about, like, all of this, maybe in the back of my head, like, I mean, I know that I can relate to it. It's just... <laughs> At the same time, you can't. Yeah, because sometimes, like, maybe it's because I don't know what I'm feeling. And so, I kind of just, like, roll with it because it's like, okay, like, what am I feeling? What, like, I can't put, like, a, like a name for this. Like, I, I'm struggling to kind of, like, figure it out, you know? <laughs> yeah, but you see... That's the difference between you, like you other and other people, and then me, right? Is y'all are always trying to put a name to it. Y'all always trying to pinpoint something and say, this is what this is. This is what that is. Sometimes for me, I don't know what it is, but I do know what I'm feeling. Whether it be uh, anxious, whether, whether it be unsettling, whether it be like, uh, like a, a physical thing where... I can't sit in my chair. You know, like, for, for example, you know that when I, when I say, like, I, I could work 12 hours, and then I'll say I'll take a break. But then the moment I take a break, what happens? I go right back to work because I get bored. That comes because it's a feeling. It's a feeling of I work 12 hours, and I'm doing what I love to do. So why am I going to take a break and then complain about taking a break? For me, I would rather just, you know what? Like, and I always look at this part of my life, right? Is I used to sit in my car for 12 hours when I was homeless, begging for anything to do, anything. So now that I'm, I'm sitting at a chair for 12 hours working, I, I look back and I'm like, okay, just go go back to work. Do what you need to do. You know, there's this whole thing right now. Like, there's this whole culture right now of you don't need to work excessively hard and learn to enjoy the moment. Like, learn to take breaks and enjoy time, right? And I can agree with the 50%, but I don't agree with the 50%. Because right now, I only have you in my life. So it doesn't matter to me. I don't have kids yet. 
and that's what I'm saying to people is you don't got other you don't have other things in your life that are tying you down right now. So work fucking hard. Work, work, work. Why? Because right now you gotta work. And and this is the thing, right? Is there's a lot of things in people's lives that they don't understand. I saw this TikTok. And I was of this rap artist. And I remember I was in bed and I was saying it out loud. And I'm pretty sure that you heard was there was this rap artist on TikTok. And he was uh, he was complaining about how he's going to give up everything because he spends how much money at studios to record music. And then I said to him and I said out loud because like I hate people like this. You're fucking dumb. You're fucking dumb because, look, at the end of the day, how much money do you spend on studio time? So let's say, for example, the cheapest studio that you find is 25 an hour. Mm-hmm. People like that, they need about two, three, four hours. So let's say four hours, roughly. A hundred mm-hmm. dollars. Yeah. You save that hundred dollars, you can go buy yourself a USB mic. Pretty sure you got a laptop, you got a phone, whatever. Right now, our phones process faster than most laptops. Mm-hmm. So you could just learn how to do it yourself and then take that money and use it for marketing. See, now this is where I always call people stupid. They don't know about marketing. They don't know about this shit. And why I bring this up is because that's real life. Is As kids, we are taught life as a very linear thing. Go to work. I mean, you go to school. From school, you go to university, college. Then from university, college, you get a job. And then from getting a job, you get married. And then from married, you have kids. And then that's the end of your life. That's it. You're done. But they didn't teach you savings. They don't teach you credit cards. They don't teach you investing. They don't teach you how money works. Mm -hmm. They don't teach you that having one source of income, let alone, let's say, two, because your wife now has one, too. Two sources of income doesn't do you shit nowadays. To buy you a house is almost eight hundred, nine hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. We as millennials and Gen Zs can't afford that shit. So we gotta work twice as hard. For you gotta work a hundred times harder. Not even twice, a hundred times harder. You gotta each person in the household. Let's say, for example, two people. You both have to have almost two jobs each to be able to suffice to even buy a house. Mm-hmm. And then even then, how, how long are you paying that shit off? Mm-hmm. Then you're stuck in debt for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Because people are not educated. People are not educated with how loans work. People are not uh, educated with how consolidating your debt works. People are not educated. And I'm not talking about educated school-wise. I'm talking about life, life, life. So much in life we are not educated by. But this is what I mean is everyone has a lion in the cage moment. Everyone has that lion in the cage moment. Everyone knows that there is more out there in the real world for us. But are we willing to just rip the cage doors open? Run outside and see it. You know, it's like he says, right? The analogy of a lion. A captive lion doesn't, a captive lion won't need a lock. It only knows what 
its environment is, just like us. But a captive lion also knows that it's a lion. It is the king of the jungle. Even in the zoo, people fear a lion. Okay, why though? Animals fear the lion. Why? Because instinctually, we all know what it is. The king of the jungle. So at the end of the day, you know what? Instinctually, we know what we are. We know what we are capable of. We know what we should be and should have in this life. So that's why I was asking, right? It was because when I asked other people, like, for example, like I asked, I don't want to name names, but I'm going to say, I know these people and when I ask them what they want in their life, they'll say they want one thing, but they're doing another thing. So when I ask them, why don't you just do the one thing? Because they took on things that now become a priority. Houses. They bought a house. Now they can't afford to do what they want to do. They got to go and do something else to keep the house. These are things. That's why it's like, I'm good with renting right now. I'm good with renting because, yo, I need to keep my investments. Financial freedom from having to pay off the debt that you have. Exactly. And this is why I say is like, people are not educated in life. We are educated by people. And I don't want to say this about our parents, okay? But what I'm saying is, we were educated by people that were not educated. Mm-hmm, that didn't have a clear understanding of what it was in front of them. They until... had an immigrant mindset of, mm-hmm. I come from a poor country. When I come to this country, as long as I have a house, as long as I have a job, that's okay. It's like jumping into the pond blind, but not knowing what's in the pond. Yeah. But now, let me ask you, right? Is this immigrant mentality... I have a house, I have a job, I have a family, I'm good. Are you really good? Mm. That's why all immigrants have a divorce. Because they were good when they got here. Yeah, that's... You know, that I understand because it was... I lived it and I saw it with my eyes. Yeah, because... You know, my parents are immigrants. My dad was okay. My dad was... Despite how everything was, he was okay because he had a family, he had kids. He, I don't think my dad had like big aspirations just to have a happy family. That's it. My mom, on the other hand, had Huge huge aspirations. My mom, I think that's why my mom keeps pushing her children so hard is it's because when she had me, she had me at 22 too like around like 21 22 so she gave up university she came here she worked factory then she was pretty much working factory for like a very long time until maybe i was around i would say maybe around like eight or nine then my mom she how to dry cleaners but you know because of the people like because of the customers that she had you know they made a lot of money 
So that means that she was not only her aspirations, you know, but, but she her influences were now exactly. So it, it affected her. So that's why, you know, like when you say that, I I truly understand <clears throat> that because I lived it and I saw it, and I think it's so. I get why they're like that, but it's so detrimental too. Right? No, and okay, and this is what I'm saying. Right? I'm not saying that all immigrant parents are oh, no. end up divorced. What I'm saying is that the ones that do end up divorced are unhappy. Are unhappy because why? Look at everything in their life. It's been the same for year after year after year. They go to work. Mm-hmm. They come home, deal with their kids, and then what? They drink, and then go to work, drink. Work, drink, work, drink. Because that's the only thing you can do. Mm-hmm. But this is what I'm saying. It's like we were educated by people like that. Yeah. Right? From and and for me, right? I'm <clears throat> I'm lucky. I'm absolutely lucky that I had parents that were a lot more Modernized, modernized, and because my parents are young, they had me when they were very young. Sixteen and seventeen is when my parents. They like teenagers. Yeah, they were still kids. So my mom, my dad had me when they were sixteen and seventeen. My mom, my dad are still in their early forties right now. I think my dad just hit like mid forties there. But, and the reason why I bring this up was because my mom is the one that is the one shaping my dad, is the one molding my dad and saying. Hey, honey, like, we can't let our kids do this. We got to let our kids go off and do their own shit. Mm-hmm. And, and it took I, a lot of work for your mom to, you know, constantly talk to your dad. And, yeah. you know, it, it took them <clears throat> a very long. I, I never met your parents, obviously, until I had met you. But mm-hmm. from maybe at that time, you were in a different mindset. So the way you saw your parents were very different, too, because you guys weren't on the same page. I saw my parents. As parents, I didn't see my parents as people. And that's where all kids go wrong is when you look at your parents as just parents. You're no longer looking at them as people. Yeah, but like the the way you used to, you know, talk about how your dad was, how your how like your family worked, like your family only. OK, yeah, yeah. like it's very different from now the way like I've seen them. I don't want to use the word grow, but maybe change the way they've changed their perspective. too. Yeah, it's, it's a growth in perspective. But mm-hmm. this is what I mean is we as kids look at our parents as parents. We don't look at them as people. People, when we fuck up, we fuck up and we learn. Mm-hmm. Parents, when they fuck up, they fucked up for the rest of your life. That is why parents and kids don't have a relationship. It's when we can look at our parents and say they're people. They fucked up once. It's okay. They're learning. They're learning like we're learning. 2021 is a time where we have how many genders? How many um, sexual orientations? Yeah, sexual orientations. We can't go and look at parents and be like, you're fucking racist. Oh, you're you're this, you're that. We can't do that. We got to understand that they're people. Mm -hmm. They come from a different time period. Let's teach them slowly. That's like, that's like them teaching us their ways, right? When you look at it, you fight against them when they tell you, go get a job, mm-hmm. go to work, 
go have kids. But even then, it could be and like for example, that the way other people could see it is very like outdated. It's old fashioned. It's exactly. not how it works now. But but that's what I'm saying is we will fight against them because of their ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. But they can't fight against us because of the way we think. So what, what the? There's no. There's no middle ground. You're exactly. not allowing for a middle ground. Mm-hmm. But this is why I'm saying is that I have a good relationship right now with my parents because I stopped looking at them as parents and I started looking at them as people in my life. So when my mom and my dad would fuck up or when my dad would fuck up, I would just be like, hey, dad, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to be angry at you right now. But tomorrow is tomorrow. It's a new day. You're, you're still my dad. You're still a person. You're learning. I have to understand that in 2021, there is shit, shit in this world that even I don't understand. But now it makes me seem like I'm one of those people <laughs> that, that just get upset at my, at my own parents for no but, reason. But this is what I'm saying is that, look, everyone has to go through this phase. Everyone goes through this phase of fighting with your parents. And I say this is because when you fight with your parents, it will eventually get better. Because now you've already hit the, you've already hit the pinnacle of the anger that you have with your mom. And what happens is your mom also realizes that, oh, shit, like my daughter is this way. So now for her to fix the relationship and for you to fix it, now you both have to understand, okay, so it took this much for us to end up this way. I need to dial it back a little bit more. I know, but my mom's not like that. No one is. No one ever is. But at the end of the day, look. If your mom wants a relationship with you or if you want a relationship with your mom, then there has to be compensation from both halves. I feel like that will happen if like one day, like not if, but one day when we have kids, I feel like that will happen, you know, just because I want her to be a part of my kid's life, you know, for them to at least know who their grandma is. But I think right now, I just don't think we're there yet. See, like. And this is what I mean. It's right? not a, be, me being. <clears throat> I, I'm not trying to sound like you know selfish, but it's like maybe it's because you know we're just we've never been able to agree on the same things. Yeah, ever. but my mom, my dad, and I haven't either. You know it. Yeah, I fought with them until what twenty four, twenty five. I mean, you see, I, sometimes you you still not that you you know like go tell them oh you know like you're wrong, but it's like I've said it too is that like. You have your way of thinking things you're, yeah. and, and dealing, dealing with things. Your parents are totally opposite of you. Yeah. It, but at the end of the day, because we look at each other, and, and now my parents don't look at me as a son. They look at me as a son, but they also look at me as a person that's still growing in his life. Mm-hmm. So now when we fight, okay, great. But tomorrow when we eat, we still eat as father and son, mother and son. Mm-hmm. But we also have to understand that we're people we're growing every day yeah and that you know like my parents understand that i don't want to be caged in what life has given me that is why i do what i do in my life that is why my choices in my life my career in my in in my life has led me down this way is because my parents are very understanding that the son that they have here is very different from other people Mm-hmm. That this son, he cannot learn like other people. I, I can't learn like other people. I can't sit in a class and, and take notes and listen to someone. Because you know how I am. Oh, you're fucking dumb. Oh, my God. Like, oh, I can't fucking listen to you for that long. 
Like, that's how I am. But that's because, you know, I feel like for you, I'm not saying that you think you're smart, okay? By no means. But it's just you have your way of dealing with certain things. So you, like, for example, in school, you know there's a project coming up, okay? And you know how you want it to get done. So you work with other people that are like-minded. But sometimes you get stuck in a situation where you don't get to pick your group. Yeah. It's just, you know, whatever's there. So you're, you're more so the type where, like, if you're not going to do your part, I'm not doing it. It's a sink or swim for you kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you, it's like you go do your own thing. They go do their own thing. As long as they get it done, that's fine. If not, that's on them. You did your part. Mm-hmm. No, and, and that's why, like I say, right, is... You've always been the type to, like, even when you don't know exactly, you still know the direction and the goal you want to reach. You just don't know what direction to get to that goal because you're figuring out, like, along the way. Yeah. Like, and this is why I say, right, is in, in this lifetime, to be caged like a lion for the rest of my life and know that, like and this is the sad thing about a lion is the cage it's not even that he can't see it's that he can see what's out there and we're like that too is we're caged but we can see beyond the sunset we can see beyond everything mm-hmm. memories of even before the lion got caged yeah. you know like and and freedom. like for us right is we live in a time where technology allows us to see everything yep so we see it, but then people feel this yearning for it. You know, they see, they see a picture of Vietnam. Oh, my God, I want to travel there. Or, or they see a picture of pizza from New York. Oh, I really want to eat that pizza. But this is what I'm saying is that people are so caged, right? For me, it's not about for me, it was never about traveling. For me, it was more personally for me about my career, about what I want to do with my life, the, everything that I have set for my life. What I want for my life is to be able to help as much people as I can because I've seen how fucking nasty and dirty this shitty world is. And I at least want to be one beam of light that exists in this world that is not fucked up. That is my end goal. I mean, it sounds so, I mean, I feel like it would be repetitive if I said that too, because, you know, like I grew up, like, don't get me wrong, I had happy times in my childhood, but also had very, like, I, I can't even call it a childhood anymore because I grew up at that point and I was like in my teenage years. So at that point I got really sad, but I, I know how sad it can get but i feel like there's so much more that goes on that i'm not aware of and so many nasty things going on you know so i i don't like for me i feel like my weak spot is like you know like seeing kids get hurt seeing kids go through things that shouldn't even be a possibility because they're children you know they they shouldn't have to experience that they shouldn't have to be exposed and hurt like that to that degree and I don't want to say it but I think you know where I'm getting at but I just for me like I never want a child to be sad so like 
or even people too i don't i don't like seeing people mad or upset like it just it just doesn't make me feel good but but that's what i'm saying right it's like there are people that they look at kids and they don't want a kid to ever feel like that so they become a social worker they do something within their life that allows for them to get closer to the goal that they have for example like one goal that i have in my life is and 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 it sounds very egotistical but i want like for example uh with statues collective i want statues collective to have such a name that when people look at it it is a beam of hope i don't care about me what i care about is statues collective i want people to be able to look at statues collective and be like damn I want to do something like that in my life mm-hmm. because that's what that's what happened in my life was when I started looking at, at things I'm like I want something like that and I worked my ass off to get there I wanted to be able to work so hard that like for example right for this concert I wanted to work so hard in my life because I failed already once doing it back in 2013 2014 where now in 2021, when I put this concert together, there are going to be actual Hmong artists. And I did it. I, I, I finally did it. This is one of my goals. This is one of my goals in my life where I could, I could finally put under my belt. Yo, I fucked up in 2014, but here I am again in 2021 doing it. And I'm going to do it better than I did before. So anyone that watched and saw me fail is going to watch and see me succeed and say, damn, he came back and did it. He came back and did a better job than before. But that that's my life. That's my entire life is me going backwards. And, 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 and look, I get it. Some people are going to say, oh, you should never go backwards. But let me say this is. For me to go backwards is because everything in my life there was a part of my life. And it's still a part of my life. That is still a part of my job to this day. What I'm doing is I'm going backwards to do better. To get the recognition that I know I deserve now. Mm-hmm. And, and this is what I mean. You know, like. I want people to. Like, I want people like yourself and people that don't know what they want to do in their life. I want to be able to look at my career and be like, and, and, and see, this is, this is what I mean, right? Is like, for example, people look at Jeff Bezos. People look at, um, people look at all these other companies and they were going to say, oh, fuck Jeff Bezos. Oh, fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. See, that's not what I want to do. I don't care for people to know who I am. My legacy stays within Statues Collective. It, it stays within everything that I'm going to do. And I'm going to do everything to the best of my ability, the cleanest way that I know how. So that one day when people look at my career and say, oh, I want to do what he did. I don't want people to say, oh, I want to be like Danang. I don't want that. I want people to say, oh, yo, Statues Collective, that's cool. That's dope. I want to do that. Because look at Statues Collective. It's got this charity. It's doing this thing. It's doing that thing. 
That's what I want. Because when I was inside that cage, that's what I saw. When I was inside that lion's cage, that's what I saw looking outside was, oh, shit, good people give to charities. But when you walk outside that cage, what happens is you're exposed to the dirt of the dirt of the dirt that exists in this world. I saw dirty scumbags. I saw dirty scumbags give money to charities and charities push them up and say, oh, they're great people in this life. Or they give to organizations and that organization, they're good people in this life. If only you fucking knew what they were. The truth of it is, if you knew what they were, people change. Yeah, people can change. But I will acknowledge it when you have changed. You got to work hard for the change. That's why someone like, um, like, for example, I hate, I, I hated this guy, Logan Paul. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I look at him now, man, like, the guy's the smartest Businessman alive. And that that's what I'm saying. You know, like, it's people like him that I can look up to. I don't look up to Logan Paul. I look up to his entrepreneurial mindset. Because this man is smart. This man is extremely smart. How many people have tried to follow suit to what he does and has failed? Like, act stupid and make money? Yeah. Okay. Like, for example, right? Act stupid, make money. Or even his fights. Try to set up fights and then what? Go bankrupt. But he is smart. You know why? Because he doesn't think like them. He's a smart guy. And that's what I look up to is the mentality, not him. I don't look up to people. I hate people. I hate all <laughs> kinds of people. <laughs> I'm not even racist. I'm not this. I just actually hate people. I like I literally hate people. I know. Because people anything can change them. I look up to the mindset that got them to where certain things got them. Let's say for example, like uh Jeff Bezos. I look at Jeff Bezos and I say, "How did this guy get Amazon? How how what did he do?" Now, you just take out all the dirty shit that he did, and then you look at the core structure of it. That's what I do. That's, how, that's what I do for everything in my life. But this is because, like, you've been, I've been caged for so long. And the thing about it is, I've been caged and let out, and then re-caged, and then let out, and then re-caged, and then let out. That's how I look at my entire life. Like a bird, just there's a cage there, and then you just go back and forth from the cage whenever you... See, I don't even look at it as a bird, right? Because birds, they have the decision to, to go back. But with the lion, it's because they're shot down, and then they get put back. And every time I was shot down, I was down on my luck. Homeless or dead close to being homeless and this is what people don't understand right is the thing about being homeless is that it's not about being homeless it's about never knowing if someone's going to come and kill you mm -hmm. it's about 
never knowing if a cop is going to pull up on your car and ask you what the fuck you're doing. People don't understand. I used to sleep behind community centers. Pull my seat all the way back with the jacket that covered my face. So it looked like my my jacket was just on top of my, my car seat. And when I look back on moments like that, that's why the caged lion that I used to be is no longer in a cage. Because I can't. I know what's in the cage for me. When you when you get put back in the cage, it becomes it becomes a reminder of everything that you failed to do in your life. That's why I I I can't do it. That's why you know that you know that I always say the job that I have is not secure. So I'm going to enjoy every second of it. And I'm going to do the best that I can to open up more opportunities. And that's what I do every day is try to open up as many opportunities as I can. And I do everything to the best of my ability. Look at this podcast, you know, like from 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 episode one to like episode five, it was us testing out audio equipment us testing out the structure of it us testing out how this podcast should work should it be scripted should it not be scripted yeah to planning to not planning yeah. to impromptus to you enjoy the the what ifs and the I'm here I don't want to say it like this but like job wise you like the I don't know another word for it, but the like the the constant change and the instability sort of in terms of like everything's constantly changing. Like if you're not getting paid this week, okay, how is it that you're going to be what is it that you're going to do to make sure that that you get that paycheck at the end of the week? Yeah, like you like the many possibilities that this job has for you because you don't like doing just one thing. And there's there's no problem. And like you've always said, there's no problem with doing the same thing. But for you, you're not like that. You don't like doing the same repetitive nine to five job every day. You could work today and then rest tomorrow. And then but then maybe not tomorrow the entire day. You rest for like, you know, three hours and then you go back and work for, you know, another 12 plus hours. You've never been the type to just sit down and do that nine to five job. Even when you did. Working at McDonald's or working at the gym. Or, now, or, I was always doing something else. Or even when you tried to, like, when you were running the company, and then, but then you were like, okay, you know, try to, you know, get back to normal life, you know, earn, you know, nine to five money. And you try to work the janitor job, and you don't have any problem being a janitor. You just didn't like the, the constraint of the nine to five of yeah. that janitorial job. And... And for context, what she's talking about is there was a time period when I was living in Mississauga where it the instability got to me and I went to go pick up a regular nine to five job. It wasn't it wasn't a nine to five. It was a it, it, it was a like a three to midnight job where I was a janitor at um at a warehouse. And there's no and it's like Crystal says, 
there's no hate. If anything, I love janitorial work. You do because you just do your own thing. I do my own shit. No one talks to me. No one does anything to me. Like, I love it. But what got to me was the fact that for so many years, I'd pushed my ass. And I'm talking about pushed my ass to the limit. Your own boss. And you say it not as a. Not as a flex. Way, but you don't like to have other people boss you. Yeah. You don't you like being your own boss because you know how you work. They don't know how you work, but you do. That's why you you enjoy this kind of work. Not only for it's like I said, being your own boss, but you can set your own schedule. There and we've talked about it a few times, you know, with your job there is uh, there's a lot of freedom, but there's just just as much as there is freedom, there's a lot of like, how do I say this? Like, instability. Like, yeah. w- with this job, there, there is there, a lot of things can happen with this, yeah. and and I've seen it. I've sat there, you know, with you working on a project, or we could talk about what we're gonna do for a podcast, or whatever it is that we have decided to do. There's always something that goes wrong or something that always falls flat when it, in terms of like maybe a possible guest or maybe like for you, maybe an investment or maybe um, like a person that was supposed to join you for like your own music project, you know, fall out. Mm-hmm. But you always find creative ways to deal with it. Exactly. And. But this is like it all ties back to the lion in the cage is because I've been in that lion in the cage for so long and because I know what being in the lion in the cage for so long is. I don't ever want to go back. And that is my resolve to never going back to number one, finding a resolve. Number two, constantly trying new things, constantly, constantly, constantly doing new things. And number three, networking with a lot of people. Because you know me, like, now I've started networking with people from Vietnam. I know, but here's the thing, though, is that, like, you, like, as much as you don't (laughs) like people and you don't like to, you know, have a lot of one-on-one conversations with people because it makes you some sometimes like very uncomfortable, but you do enjoy the networking process where you get to meet new people and you see that they have a certain skill set that you... I don't want to say envious of, but you're like, wow, it's, it's nice, you know? So, so you enjoy that aspect of net of networking. And, and see, and this is the part that I also say to other people is right. Is when you're going down your career, like for me, the reason why I like to network with people is because number one, I can admit to myself that there are certain skills that I do not have. And number two, when you can admit to those skill sets that you do not have, you'll meet people that do have it that are a hundred times better at it than what you've already seen. Mm-hmm. And this is why I love doing what I do, right? Is because when I do see that, I get excited of, because of the opportunities that are open to me now. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, right? One of the opportunities that I hope that I can open up 
because of this virtual concert that we're doing for August 14th, is a virtual concert before uh, Vietnamese underground rappers in Vietnam that I manage here in Canada. And this is what I mean. Like, but that's because, okay, not because, but I feel like you are, you've always wanted to give more for, for people, it, it, whether it would be through the concert, you know, or giving them, like helping them with their own music in terms of, you know, like, um, being the engineer for them, you know? Mm -hmm. So I find that you, regardless, you just enjoy helping people. I do. But that's what I mean is, and and that derives literally from the line in the cage, because when I was a line in the cage, no one wanted to open my cage. No one wanted to help me. And so now that I am outside of that cage now, because when, when, when looking from the inside out, I saw all these talented people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I even say this all the time. How many talented people do we know that don't go anywhere with it? And it's such a shame. That's such true. a shame. That's true. Like, it, it is a sad thing to see when there are people who have amazing talent in terms of, how do I say this? Like, they have this amazing ability to whether it be sing or storytell or dance or draw or write, whatever it is. Okay. Like they have it. They just, there, no one gives them a chance. Yeah. And all comes down to it. It's, it's this conversation that I had with my friend too, is that people want to hire somebody yep. for a job yep. qualifications. And they say, Oh, I need you to have this many years of experience when no one is ever willing to give them a chance. So how are they able to get that experience? Sometimes um, doing internship or co-op, whatever it is, it it's not the same. It's not what employers are looking for. And I feel like you are doing that. You're giving people a chance through, you know, these concerts too. You and, know? But this is what I mean, right? Is I give people opportunities in hopes to build opportunities for myself as well. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by this is, right, I do one concert here. And and by the way, I'm not even getting paid for this shit. I'm doing this concert here in hopes to do a bigger one in Vietnam because if I can build this opportunity for myself, I hope that I can get good enough that I can join a professional team or build a company or build within my own company an event uh an event um, planning planning uh, um, uh firm firm that's we what call it, it a firm an event, an event planning, planning firm. firm and 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 the reason why I'm able to do this right is because when we look at celebrities what is it it's almost like they're untouchable but right? they rely on other people to get Exactly. uh, To get most of their work done. Uh, You know, like their music, finding concert halls, you know, um, merch. Merch doesn't come from the company that they're signed under. They have to go find another company that does it for them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, music distribution. There's so much that goes on. But this is what I mean is 
when you know the inner works of how everything works. Like, like for me, right? After I broke out of that cage, there was so much more possibilities for me. Mm-hmm. And I started to take on those possibilities as a challenge. And I took on every challenge that I could. Let it be uh, managing artists that had nothing. Making a song from scratch. I'm talking about from scratch that with was a these fun artists. Process, though. Yeah. And then, you know what? I got to see these artists smile because not only did they put out their first ever single, they also got to put together a whole music video by themselves, directed, produced, everything by themselves. But this is what I want to do with my life is be able to open up opportunities the way opportunities opened up for me. Mm-hmm. But I want to be able to teach these people like I had to teach myself. Opportunities don't come. You have to be willing to do all the work for these opportunities to come. And, you know, that's what these concerts are for me is opportunities. Let me take on this opportunity so that I can take on a bigger opportunity to open up a huge opportunity. I mean, from this concert... You know, after last night, we got a huge opportunity to make this to make this bigger than we thought it would be. Yeah, you 100%. know, like that. I'm not going to say what it is because, um, you know, for all our listeners, you know, tune into the concert. You'll find out. But what, what I will say is that what came in last night was such a huge thing for us that. I didn't think was going to happen at all, actually. When you told me what happened, I was surprised because no one would ever do that for, one, this is the first time you have put out your company publicly publicly like this, especially in your community. In, in, in a small community like this, word goes, travels fast. Yeah. And so now that you put yourself out like this and someone was willing to do this, it is such a huge opportunity for not only us, for them, for maybe concert number two if things go well, you know? Yeah. And you know what? Like, and this is what I want to say to the people too, right? Is what you think is impossible or what you think uh, is not going to work will never work if you never try it. This, everything that I'm doing now started off as a joke. <laughs> and 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 we're I'm literally talking about it as a joke. No, it it started off as a joke because um the one of the singers, our family members, you know, she she likes to put on family concert. on uh, family concerts. Exactly, family concerts. And so, you know, we we just we just brought it up as a joke one day and we were like, you know, maybe we should just do it, you know, like She's having a quote unquote retirement concert, you know, because it takes too much time to plan for her. So she's so we were like, okay, why don't we just do it? You know, retirement concert, you know, like just go big or go home kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So we just bolted up, and, and it started as a joke because I was just gonna ask these two people to give her a shout out, but then eventually it just got to the idea like it clicked into my head one morning where it was like. Why don't you just ask people to join? And then it, it kind of just clicked from there. It was like, let's see how many people would join. First off, you took the initiative to reach out first to all these people. Yeah. And then when you heard your first yes, you were like, oh, shit. 
and and this this could actually work. And let me say this is the first two yeses that I got are not even a part of this concert anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's what it took was the initiative to push and keep pushing when nothing was going to work. Yep. But now we have even they might not be, you know, big time artists. They are still big in your community. They are people with a name, Mm -hmm. you know, they they, they are people have left their footprint for for the newer generations to come. So it's set already. It's just. It's so, you know, I've been a part of a lot of your projects. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been there for pretty much all of them. Yeah. So, but to be more involved and like hands-on in terms of planning it, you know, like helping to organize certain things, you know, and working on, you know, the poster with you and just doing for me the creative aspect because that's where i am i'm not the logistical i'm more of the creative so being there and seeing it really unfold right in front of my eyes it's it's quite it's like dawning Mm -hmm. it's it's i don't know if it's the right word but it's just it's mind-blowing really to to see how the idea started off as a joke to now, you know, just being a couple of weeks away from from actually happening. And we got a photo shoot this weekend. We got so many things planned. And we've been working like crazy this entire week and all of last week, too. Just to really put everything together. Exactly. Like, I don't have the right words to say it because I'm still in awe and in shock of what it is that is like happening exactly but this is what i mean right is this is what i want to do for people is open up these opportunities and these and and people's ambitions to do more right Mm -hmm. because you saw it you saw it from beginning to end Mm -hmm. and and we're not even at the end yet but you you, you're seeing that progress where it's like oh shit this was possible Mm -hmm. and like look because of this possibility you know it stems from my my passions and, and things that I want to do in my life. Like, for example, like, you've known for a long time that I've always wanted to go back to my communities and fix my communities from the inside out. Mm-hmm. You've and, always talked about it. It's yeah. like you, I'm not going to say anything, but <laughs> I'm just going to say is that you don't, we've talked about it on the podcast a few times where you went to the States and you saw what it was over there with the communities like over there. How, mm-hmm. how even when things are getting more modernized they're still in touch with the culture and you know certain teachings and traditions that they have there that over here they don't have so when there's like new years or christmas or like certain holidays that you guys celebrate is not as big as it is over there Mm -hmm. so like new years is from you know what your mom said is like a span of just weekends you know, and it's at different places. Mm-hmm. Some some weekends could be Wisconsin. Some some is like California. You know, some is Minnesota. You know, mm-hmm. but this is what I mean. Like everything stems from my passion, and that is why you know, like my next project. You know that lately I've been really into like underground Vietnamese uh, pop and hip hop. Yep. But you know, 
it's a far-fetched idea if i were to just say it to random people this is a far-fetched idea already yeah exactly but this is what i mean is like if i were to say to people and they'd be like oh that's such a far-fetched idea i would tell them about this event and be like yeah so was this and let me tell you i i didn't think anyone was going to assist us regarding uh performances but now look at it we have a huge lineup of great and huge performers that's true i didn't like I said, I didn't think any of this was going to be as big. I was, I didn't want it to happen, but thinking of it in a more logical sense, like where I've never heard of this co- person, I've never heard of this company, and let's say if I was already big out there, I don't want, I wouldn't want to do this for free. So I'm surprised a lot of people had said yes. And a lot of people were willing to to be involved in the process in, in helping to spread more awareness of your you know community and your culture and your people so but this comes with this comes with the knowledge of my entire career behind me, right mm-hmm. how I speak, how I pitch the idea, how I pitch. Uh, the emails, you know, sending everyone these things. Your resume speaks a lot for who you are as a person, mm-hmm. you know, and your your abilities to get things done and, and do it right and not to scam people. Yeah. So it's like I said, but for me, as somebody who is like a hermit in that home, so I just... It surprises me how many people were willing to be like, yes, how many yeses we got in the first week, you know, and then how many no's we got too. But then the entire, like I said, the entire planning process and how much time and effort really goes into it, how much time we've dedicated to doing this. Like I said, said, this entire concert just blew my mind and and really opened up the many possibilities of you could say it as a joke but you really can't do it yeah it's just are you willing to do it and you know like that's my entire career was it was a joke a lot of people thought it was a joke how many people even with this concert you know like i had my own family say oh it's not gonna work it's gonna fail but here i am here I am doing it, making sure everything's working, managing everything as as tight knit as I can to make sure, you know, um, the moment uh, the moment we could, we started streaming every day to practice to make sure that everything was working. Mm-hmm. Look, even when a problem comes up, look, we we sit down, we tackle that problem, we figure it out. Even if we can't figure it out, then we, for me, I outsource to other people. Yep. But that's because. When you reach a point in your career where I am, and I'm comfortable with my career, where it's like I know that I'm good at certain things. I know I can do this. I know I can do that. But I also know where to go if I need to outsource. Yep. And I outsource, get what I need done. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes I'm inspired by their design, so I'll redo it for myself. But this is what I mean. is like everything is a joke until you make it a reality. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about your life. I'm talking about your career. I'm talking about everything. Is that your life is a fucking joke. But <laughs> if you can make everything about your life a reality, 
no matter what people say, it wouldn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right? It could be, you know, and this is why I love um, uh, Chris Gethard. Because he's a stand-up comedian that literally makes his life a fucking joke. His depression a fucking joke. Is he the guy in The Office? Uh, he was in yeah, 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 a couple yeah, yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, and right? he has a podcast. <laughs> Uh, the beautiful anonymous yeah. podcast. Yeah, I love that podcast. I just would have never put two and two together that it was the same guy because he. Okay, I'm not about the looks. Okay, I don't give a sh. But when you listen to his voice, it you would never think that he looks like like that. Like he's very um like a uh, scrawny. He's very scrawny, but you would think he was a bit more like not muscular, but a bit bigger like the perception that you have is like mm-hmm. is mind-blowing <laughs> but but this is what i say right is if someone like him can make a joke out of his entire life a reality and get paid for it I mean, he's got anyone humor. can anyone can though and that's what i enjoy about life is that this linear life that we were that we were taught isn't so linear anymore in 2021, I've learned that this linear life is far from linear. Mm-hmm. It is a bunch of zigzags. You know, it's, it, it's yeah, sometimes you're cruising. Sometimes you're friggin' driving 100 miles an hour. And that's what this life is about. But everyone has to be able to take charge of the driver's seat and drive it. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, You're forever going to be that lion in the cage looking outside knowing I could be out there. There's something out there for me. At the end of the day, I don't want, I don't ever want you to, you know, live your life. And then at the end of that life, say you regret everything because you never got to try what you wanted to. I know. I think that's why you push me so hard. And whenever we have these conversations, it's because I know I know that you don't do it to make me uncomfortable. I know you do it so that I can think more and really like search deep down. And you're like that light that's helping me that that is like guiding me through my own dark tunnel. Even with this, even with this conversation here, it was not planned this way. I actually wanted to talk about something very specific because I was listening to Genius Brain and what David so said was like mm, it it clicked because I felt that right mm-hmm. like his last episode was with Mariel and he was talking about how he used to live in a small um, LA apartment and his cousin his manager had to pay half his rent because he couldn't pay it when he first started and I felt that shit because that's what it's like for me that's what this life is like for me where it's like When I first moved out, I didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. And I came back home with my head down. And then when I moved out the second time, I was more prepared. And I was prepared. But I wasn't prepared. But I wasn't prepared for the life that I was going to live moving out the second time. And it led me down a journey. And you know what? Even the days that I was home, like even when I went homeless, and I bring up homelessness a lot, not to, not to you know anything, but because homelessness taught me a lot, 
and it taught me the same thing that like when you listen to David So's podcast, that's what it taught me was I'm comfortable enough that there are days where if I don't want to work, I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. But the days that I do work, I enjoy working. And I, I even when I take breaks, I'm working. Because right now, I'm capable of working. And I don't have anything to stop for right now. Right now, yeah, I'm young. But let me... Let me enjoy this phase of working. Let me enjoy. So that when you have kids, then you can concentrate on them, them. But the, and the life that you want to have and the, and the life that you see yourself having with, you know, the kids and, you know, with your parents and, and just that family life. Yeah. And you know what? Like, that's what homelessness taught me. And I'm. I don't want to say I'm grateful for for going homeless at that time because I know that when I went homeless that time, it was one of the worst moments of my life. Yeah. I used to sleep behind the McDonald's because sleeping behind the McDonald's was safer because it was 24 hours. So I knew that I was always something was there was always going to be a camera there to watch me when I slept. So if anything happened, then the camera would catch me. But. It was moments like that that teach me how to be grateful right now for what I have. And how to throw away unnecessary baggage. The people that I have in my life are the people that I care for in my life. You know, and the people that I toss out are the people that I don't need right now. But this is life. You're going to toss things out. And you're going to take on baggage. But you got to be willing to take on that baggage. You got to be willing to kick down that door when you're inside that cage and say, there's more for me. I know there is. And this goes out to everyone. I'm talking about everyone. When you look at life, you know, it's to look at it as what you only see it as. And not what possibilities lay behind everything is a waste. You know, like what it—it's it, like seeing a painting and saying that's the best painting ever. But then when you, but you're not willing to, you know, go around the other corner and see the better painting. You know, you got to be willing. To walk around, enjoy everything, and judge from there. Wow, we went on for almost an hour and like twenty-ish minutes. Um, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Once again, I wanted to say thank you for all the listeners listening to our podcast. We enjoy these. We enjoy this process as much as you guys listen, and. We, we we get feedback here and there, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that feedback. So thank you so much to everyone that is listening, to everyone that is learning from what we say. Um, please go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Facebook. 
Um, I'm going to continue to attach the link for our virtual concert on the podcast until the day of the concert. So for all of you that want to join and learn a little bit about who I am, my culture, my heritage, please join us. Um, the concert is in Hmong, but I would love for all of you to take the time to see what we are, because I know that many don't know. Mm-hmm. So uh, go ahead, click the link, follow us. Uh, the event is August 7th, uh, 14th, <laughs> August 14th at, at 7, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Yes. So once again, that's August 14th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, if you have any questions, go on Instagram, send us a message there. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. This is your host and co-host signing off.